G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus did some amazing things. One of the things he did was to call together a ragtag little band of 12 disciples to be his closest friends. In fact, his relationship with them, when you think about it, is quite surprising in many ways. But if he hasn't drawn together those friends, there's every chance that you and I wouldn't be sitting here talking about Jesus today. Bernie Diamond and welcome to the program as we take another look at this whole idea of friendship from a different perspective. We're talking this week on the program about friendships. Awesome thing, friendship. Just stop and think about it for a moment. Friends make our world richer. They come in with their different perspectives and gifts and abilities and passions to connect with us. And somehow having friends alongside us and being a friend alongside them, I mean, don't you reckon that's an awesome thing? Okay, sometimes we rub each other the wrong way, sure, but that's all part of it. If you didn't rub me the wrong way sometimes, I wouldn't learn to forgive. If I didn't rub you the wrong way sometimes, you wouldn't learn to forgive. We wouldn't learn to get off our high horses and humble ourselves. Pretty good plan, friendship, and we've seen already it's God's plan. Right in the beginning, God took a look at Adam and pronounced, It is not good that this man should be alone. I will make for him a helper as his partner. And so we've seen in the last couple of weeks how truly important friendship is in living out our lives as God planned. And we've been looking at exactly what friendship is and how to live it out. And what is it? It's a preparedness for us to humble ourselves, to love one another in exactly the same way that we love ourselves. Yesterday we met young Jonathan, King Saul's son, and saw how he humbled himself to the point of death to be David's friend. Today... Today we're going to meet another son, the son of God and the son of man, and see how friendship played itself out in his life. Jesus was born a baby in Bethlehem. He grows up in Nazareth amidst humble surroundings as a carpenter's son. Did he have friends as a lad? Well, that's not something we really see, but you'd have to imagine that he did. And then one day, it's time for him to step out of his role as a carpenter's son And sometime in his early 30s, he begins his public ministry with his baptism in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. And not long after that, he starts to call some disciples to his side. Now, he had lots of disciples. A disciple was someone who followed a rabbi, and Jesus, the rabbi, had lots and lots of them. He was doing all these amazing miracles. He was speaking in ways that people didn't expect. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains and demoniacs and epileptics and, and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. But out of those great crowds, he chose just 12 disciples, Matthew chapter 10. These are the names of the 12 apostles. 
first Simon, also known as Peter, then his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. See, he did that because he knew that if his ministry was going to live on beyond his time here on earth, if the coming of the Son of God was going to have an impact hundreds of years on, thousands of years on and more, he was going to have to pass on his passion and his teaching to a handful of others, people who'd pass it on to more and more across the world and down through the ages. He knew that ultimately it was friendship that was going to change the world. Just stop and think about it. Doesn't that blow you away? The church exists today. God's word is being preached today. Lives are being transformed today. People are meeting Jesus today. You and I are sitting here today because friendship was and remains the cornerstone of God's plan to reconcile people back to him. Just let that sink in. Do you see? Friendship isn't some kind of side story. It's the main story. We often don't think of that, do we? And these disciples lived with Jesus, travelled with Jesus, were admonished by Jesus, watched how the Son of God handled himself, saw his miracles. All this happened because he drew them close to himself. He was their rabbi. They were his learners, which is actually literally what the word disciple means, to be a learner. And they lived with him on the road for the best part of three and a half years. Now, it was very much a hierarchical relationship according to the tradition of the Jews. The rabbi was up here and the pupil was down there. And the pupils, in many respects, were indentured to the rabbi. But after all that they went through together, toward the end when Jesus was about to be crucified, just stop and have a listen to what Jesus says to his disciples, his learners, about his friendship with them. John chapter 15, beginning at verse 12. He says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do as I command you. I don't call you servants anymore because the servant doesn't know what the master's doing. But I've called you friends because I've made known to you everything that I've heard from my father. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. Wow, no longer were they students, no longer were they like indentured learners, but in love they had become Jesus' friends. And because they were his friends, he was going to show them the greatest act of friendship, the greatest act of love, by literally laying down his life for them. He, he was opening up, you see, a relationship with his father to them by telling them, revealing to them what God was all about in sending Jesus to live, to walk, to speak, to heal, to suffer, to die, to rise again here on earth. God sent Jesus to be their friend. God sent Jesus to be our friend. It was in what the Holy Spirit revealed to them about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that God's family, the church, was born on this earth and now lives on in the lives of billions of people to this very day. And by making these disciples his friends, by making us his friends, you and me, through this amazing sacrifice of his, he's now calling us as a direct result and consequence of his friendship, demonstrated in the greatest love that any man or woman can show, He's calling us to go and bear fruit, to go and change the world, to go and be Jesus to a lost and hurting world in in desperate need of knowing about and experiencing the amazing love, the amazing friendship of God through Jesus Christ. Do you get it? 
Have, have you put your trust in Jesus yet? If the answer is yes, then you are his friend. No longer an enemy of God, not only his servant, but his friend, blessed through the greatest act of friendship in all of history, the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Son of God, for you. Set free, forgiven by the price he paid for you and your sin on that cross. Set free to live a new life through his victory over death with the door to the eternal love and friendship of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit flung open. The welcome mat put out, the table set, so that forever you can fellowship with your God. Now, if that ain't a model of friendship for you and me to live out here on earth, then I don't know what is. And it all started when God called you and he called me to be his friend. It all started because first he loved us. That's what friendship is. Friendship takes the first step. And if you have never responded to that friendship, then let me encourage you to make a simple prayer right now to God and accept Jesus as your saviour, to accept Jesus as your Lord, to accept Jesus as your friend. And God will be your friend from this moment forward and for all eternity. Before I go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at PowerfulPrayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.